Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Any Truth Radio Show, OutOfLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Before we begin tonight's program, I just want to tell you that I owe you an apology. Two shows ago, we did we had featured guest Kim Chesney. It was about intuition. But before that show started, I did about a two-minute rant. I got on my little soapbox and started telling you about why I was frustrated with the church and maybe you should turn away from the human version of God and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I listened to that again. I felt it took away from the show. And there's no reason for me to get on a soapbox and to give you a list of suggestions when you more than capable of deciding what's best for you and how your course of life is to go. I mean, I am just your waiter interviewing great people, bringing them to your attention. So you can take that knowledge and information and do whatever you want. I am no position to get on that box and to offer suggestions and give you insights on how you should live your life. Just whatever the hell you want to do, do it. I honor your decision. Now, as far as our featured guests go for tonight, I am so excited because this individual, I would consider him a brother from another mother, a fellow passionate seeker. We cover all different topics of discussion, of evolution. Let us begin tonight's program. Welcome back to the program is Mr. Dylan Charles. He's the editor of Waking Times and the co-host of Redesigning Reality. He has this amazing personal journey where he's experienced shamanic plant medicines. He spent years living in Costa Rica. And I have to tell you, there are a lot of sites that I go to. I love Waking Times. I feel that it is one of the most cutting-edge sites, always bringing authentic truth and always raising awareness about what is happening in our current state of evolution. You can learn more about Mr. Charles by going to his website at wakingtimes.com. Mr. Charles, welcome back to the program. It's a great honor to have you with us today, sir. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for that cool intro, man, and I really appreciate uh, you having me here. Thank you very uh, much. My pleasure. And uh, as we stated when we first started talking, the last time we had you on, yeah. it's kind of like more of an upbeat thing to say, hey, you know, we're hitting some, we're hitting some bumpy roads, but the future's <laughs> kind of promising. And now it's just like, God, are we really holding a vigil for a warmonger, somebody who killed millions of people and we're glorifying that person? And it's like humanity is just collapsing. What's your perspective on it, sir? <laughs> that's such a that's such a big question. Oh my goodness. Uh you know, I, I think that really I think that it serves me well in my personal life and uh in dealing with my family and the friends uh uh you know that I can actually reach out and communicate with. Um Face to face, it really serves me well not to get too far out of out of my uh, sphere of control, you know. And so I see a lot of stuff that's going on in the world, and I've always been drawn to you know alternative information and truth and and you know conspiracies and stuff. And I think maybe perhaps I'm growing out of that a little bit in, in this stage of my life. But I think I think what I feel the most right now is this really uh, strong need to. Uh, allow the things that are happening in the world, the things that concern you, allow the triggers that you see coming up in yourself, allow those to be like learning experiences and, and opportunities to just observe the things inside yourself that you're repressing that you don't really want to look at, the things that are really derailing you from being the, the kind of person that you, you know you can and you want to be, you know. So all of that stuff, man, all of that stuff that's out there all the time, it's constantly it's constantly churning and grinding forward, you know, and and and. What good is any of that if you can't learn something about yourself from it, you know? I completely agree. And then we talked a lot about on our show about the, the benefits of shadow processing and how you can utilize any tool that's out there to, to heal yourself. Uh, 
I, th- I think right now what I feel like more is it's it's not only shadow processing. Like like I think the big thing that's happening right now is is mirroring and projecting. You know, I mean, there's God, man, man, look at this stuff. Like, look at you have social media right now. And we've never before ever been in an environment where we've had the opportunity to communicate with so many people that we really just honestly have no business dealing with. Right. I mean, when you grew up in high school, you didn't hang out with the people that you didn't like. You know, you didn't have you you didn't just sit there and bicker with them in the lunchroom all day. You know, you would be like, well, screw these guys. I'm going to go hang out with the people that you know I resonate with. And so now we have these tools and these platforms to like connect us all in this way, and I think we're we're just kind of really learning how to use them. And 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 what it's bringing up is, I mean, th- this word triggering just keeps coming up over and over and over again. And there's there's really something to that because you know so many people are really put off, offended, worried, concerned, bothered, you know, just up in arms, upset about what other people are saying or doing, you know, and less focused on themselves. And so that's the really big opportunity to to take everything as a mirror and, and figure out what it is that, that, that bothers you the most and what it is inside of you that's, that's uh, uh, you know, malfunctioning in order to, for all this to be such a big deal, you know. Excellent. And one of the great articles on your site, you, you have the three trigger turns mean you stop critical thinking. And let's see, one of them is conspiracy theorists. Another one <laughs> is when they put that word right. alt next to anyone. And the other thing is hate speech. So those three triggers in this article – what are they necessarily suppressing? What types of speech are they? Do you think they're, they're suppressing people's ability to see other perspectives about something, even if it's unpleasant? What do you think is the main reason behind those? Gosh, that's a, that's an interesting one because I'm not sure that the, the the terms. Let me just back up here. Like you know, you and I both know that that we do live in a heavily propagandized, you know, heavily, you know, we live in a thought control box, right? You know that yeah. that. That deals, you know, I mean, drive around town and see how many billboards are telling you to buy beauty products so you can look like, you know, a certain type of model or whatever, you know, like you're, we very much live in a society that, that benefits in certain ways from steering people's thoughts and beliefs in certain directions, you know, so there's like that level, that stuff that's going on, like I said, outside your sphere of control, that stuff that's going on outside of, of your own personal life where, where, um, um, you know, you're not supposed to think about certain things. You're not really supposed to put too much tension on certain things. You know, a great example of that is, you know, now that Trump's in office, whether you like him or not, doesn't really, it's not the conversation here. But now that he's in office, if you notice, there's a whole lot less, you know, anti-war coverage than there was when George Bush was in office, you know, when when we went through 9-11 and all that for the, the eight years that uh, George Bush was in office, it was like they couldn't get enough of talking about the war. And, you know, you you really thought we had a chance of exposing the, the lie of the Orwellian permanent war. So now, like, these terms are being thrown around just to kind of keep people in a constant state of, a constant state of, um, you know, just, uh, I mean, divisiveness for sure, but just a constant state of, like, bickering, you know, tension, a constant state of tre- stress. And and so, I mean, for, for me and my perspective, I really, when I see those terms, I, th- I think, okay, well, this information doesn't pertain to me. You know, like, I don't need to, <laughs> I don't need to, to think about what who says about the alt this side of that side or, you know, okay, if it's hate speech, all right, you know, these aren't things that are really going to affect me. You know, they want me not to, they want to steer my thoughts, you know, in this direction or away from this certain thing. So, you know, what's really happening with me, you know? Well, are these elites, are the people behind the controls, are they genuinely worried about people waking up? Because I don't understand what they would be necessarily afraid of because when I talk to the average person, 
they're in that left-wing, right-wing paradigm. I, most people I talk to, and they don't have a lot of basic critical thinking skills. Matter of fact, I'm going to say, I, my perspective, I think that people seem to have less critical thinking skills today than they did 10 years ago. So what are these elites afraid of? They've got the, all the weapons. They've got all the media. And they've got all the critical people in positions of power. So I don't understand what they're even concerned about. I mean, you know, what's the what's what threatens a power structure more than anything else? And that's that's unity. That's cohesiveness. You know, so if 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 they can, you know, rig it in any sort of way or set up any sort of situation where whether it's a race war or, you know, some political ideology, you know, opposing another political ideology, you know, or they can get people even on the same street fighting and arguing with each other to the point where, you know, families are disowning, you know, disowning relatives and, and making such a big deal out of all this. I mean, that serves that serves that's always served, um, you know, top down bureaucratic governmental, you know, monarchies and, and, and all those kind of institutions. I mean, those guys depend on on disunity in order to maintain control. So there's that aspect of it. But you're talking about some pretty like big, like high level stuff. I mean, you're, you, you know, you dropped the term elites a couple of times already and. And, uh, you know, like behind so the scenes, I don't know whoever it is. It, it just seems that the um, the way things are, it, it, I feel like there's a very strong power behind it. But, yeah, there, there certainly is a very strong power behind it. But, I mean, we're, you know, to, to coin a phrase from Reaganomics, you know, we're at the trickle-down phase of that, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like the, 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 the petty power struggles and, the you know, the, the king of the hill tyrants in, in your town and your county and your state, you know, those aren't, those aren't members of the elite that you speak of. You know, these are just people who have... Uh, grown up believing in, you know, taking their piece of the power pie, right? You know, how, however way they can get it, you know, small king of the hill, you know, whatever it is. And so I think we're in that like trickle down phase where, where, you know, people just in general, um, are kind of like bred, sort of indoctrinated to think of themselves and to look at the world from a really like strong egocentric perspective and, and, and game the system however they can to, for their own advantage, you know. So it's not really just a, you know, shadowy cabal at the top that's, you know, making every bad thing happen. I mean, it's, I mean, look at, just look at how the, how the media runs. I mean, you have journalists at all level of, of, uh, you know, mainstream media that are, you know, have totally given themselves over to editorializing about Trump all the time. I mean, they're not doing their jobs. I mean, they're participating in, in, uh, you know, the, the thought control paradigm, the thought control that's going on. So, I mean, it's no longer, it's no longer really just the elites. I mean, we're, we're definitely in that, in that sort of like phase where, you know, a certain order is decaying into uh, disorder, into chaos, you know, and I think that's that's having a ripple effect through all the way from the top all the way down to the bottom. So that you can't really say, as far as I see it, you can't really say that the problem is, you know, at this day and age, just an, just an elite. I mean, there's... The, there's so much. There's so much information about who's involved in, you know, like so the state actors who are involved. You know, take guys like Henry Kissinger or, you know, any of the deep state guys that are in the FBI and the CIA right now. You know, that are waging open war on a, you know, an elected American president. I mean, these guys are breaking all the rules. I mean, but they're not what you would consider the elite, the cabal, right? Well, it's not. And you actually have an article called "How You Can Undermine the Evil Cabal." And I want to say that I love your writing, and I'm going to give you read a quote from this article. Great. It says that when you are engaged in endless and all too speculative discussion about the evil deeds of others, you are engaged in a form of worship that puts one in a state of continual imagining uninhibited power of some other mysterious and unnameable other. And then you say, in order to see a positive change, we need to shift our attention to those ideas and people who are contributing to the healing of the earth and its people. 
So well said. Yeah. And is are you thinking that on an energetic level, if we stop focusing our attention on the evil people, the people who are doing it, do we deny them the strength of a particle theory that you would? I'm, I'm taking the principle. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, yeah, I, I totally think so. I mean, like there's there's a, a couple of dynamics at play. There's the energetic aspect of it. You know, if you're if you really understand, you know, the history of things like the Illuminati, the Freemasonry, and all these, you know, all these organizations that have basically uh, been around for hundreds of years and, ha- you know, been influencing things from, you know, the, an economic, powerful, elite perspective, you know, you know, all, all those entities have sort of like, you know, worked their way into pop culture. You know, you have, <laughs> it's, it's insane. You, know, you have like all these pop stars taking one-eyed pictures and all this kind of crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? So like like their message is is one of symbolism, is one of energetic representation. So you know, they want you to look at them. They want you to look you know, Taco Bell uses the Illuminati as a as a, as a marketing <laughs> it's you know, I mean, it's comic it's comical at this point. So there's like that energetic aspect of it where like you're dealing with people who who at some point probably were, you know, definitely into this dark sorcery and all that, and I think all that's devolved into just like raw evil pedophilia and, and criminal war stuff. I mean, it's disgusting. Um, but but they very much understand they like the occult pr- principles of like where where attention goes energy flows you know so if they can draw your attention away from you know Christ consciousness or 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 um, um, your connection to the earth then you'll be they know that people will be more likely to you know live and vibrate in a state of fear and not be you know be concerned about what is immediately being presented to them as a fear versus rationally logically thinking about what it is that actually threatens their their livelihood, their existence, their future, you know? So there's, there's that. I mean, there's the, there's the sort of energetic component, like, like that, that, that is very much there to, uh, create this untouchable fear. You know, you cannot, you cannot address, you cannot stop, you cannot conquer this, this fear that's always out there, this pulsating, you know, dark eye of Sauron kind of, you know, nastiness that, that, that invades our world. But then, then more practically, you know, like how are you gonna how are you gonna go do something for your neighbors? How are you gonna go set up you know something that helps other people or be of value to somebody else or use something that you know like you knowledge that you've gained through your life to actually help somebody? If you're wrapped up in this conversation, if you're you know 100% wrapped up in this conversation, if you're 100% focused on what's you know what's happening day to day with the, the bad news in the world. I mean, there's there's that practicality of it too. You know, we get brought it all the time. I mean, people stop by. People always slow down traffic to see a car accident. But if somebody's selling flowers, like, yeah, who needs it? Yeah, car accident. Yay! <laughs> you know, yeah. As somebody who understands energy, because I feel that you have a definitely an advanced right. ability to perceive energy. What do you think is the stronger of two forces? An individual oh. who's committed to saving the system regardless if that system is disempowering them because they're in such an extreme case of cognitive dissonance or Stockholm Syndrome where all the system is all they know. Or if you have an individual who's acting within the love within their heart in alignment to, let's call it um, divine hope or divine peace, to push things out in a very peaceful manner to bring love into the world. Which of those two forces have a, have a better chance of winning the day, at least uh, in general speaking, and also in the current state of consciousness where we, the world finds itself in right now? Well, I mean, if, of course, of course, the the force of love, I believe, is is much stronger. You know, and I've experienced that. I went through a phase, 
in uh, my life many years ago where I was very much into the, the you know the prepper mindset the the you know like the the end is nigh you know the economic collapse is coming any day now you know and and trying to change people's perspectives from that you know from that position was impossible you know it was it was frustrating it just breeded more fear and anger and frustration you know uh once i broke through all of that and realized that okay well you know i could i could get hit by a bus tomorrow so i mean i got to make today really count right so how is my day going to really count today is it going to count if i'm sitting in you know my my uh, seller counting gold coins and and storable food packs you know no, if, if I'm bringing love into people's lives, if I'm helping my neighbors, if I'm helping my children and teaching them well, you know, if I'm if I'm uh, helping other people overcome their problems and, and help overcome trauma and 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 uh, just, you know, find peace in themselves. I mean, I see that resonating so much more. But the thing is, is like, you know, too, man, it's like we've, we've got this this top down media structure and that plays such a big part of of, uh, of everybody's perception of what is actually going on, you know, and so, I mean, they control, they control, like, the narrative. I mean, you've seen the numbers, like, six media companies own 90% of the media. Yeah. I'm sure it's more consolidated than that, that now. Who, who really knows? But but the the fact is, is, like, they they very much have, um, you know, a monopoly on the perception of what's what's happening. So, just saying that uh, it was just leading to the fact that there's a lot of censorship that's going on right now, and people were all cheering, hey, Alex Jones, he's, uh, he, they're, they're, he had taken off, Stitcher, they got taken off, was it iTunes, and people were cheering. But they yeah, everything, like, you know, yeah, that, that's yeah. sort of a major censorship, and censorship has, has impacted you. Can you please explain what has happened to Waking Times and other sites that are promoting right. peaceful ideas? Yeah, first off, I do just want to say that, like, like, you know, Alex Jones being sort of at the top of the, the heap, if you will, you know, um, them finally, you know, working up the gumption to censor, censor him has, you know, helped to bring this stuff to light, and I see so many people ragging on Alex Jones and stuff, man. And I'm sorry, like I'm from Austin, Texas. I've been, you know, I've been aware of Alex Jones for, you know, two, two and a half decades or something crazy like that. And I think the guy has done an extraordinary amount of work to to, to wake people up. I don't really um, align with a lot of the stuff that he's into these days, but I think the guy needs credit for for uh, doing accomplishing what he's accomplished so far. You know, love it or hate it, and. Um, um, but he's definitely like like been able like the things that have happened to him have brought light into it all you know so what happened probably in the year 2011 2012 is a lot of independent media companies started opening up we were using the the platforms WordPress and and uh, using um, um, uh, the monetization platforms and tools like AdSense and and whatnot to actually turn uh, to democratize the business of of making news and. You know, since Trump has gotten elected, like they've they've you know coined the whole fake news paradigm, and now it's like you literally have guys like David Brock and Media Matters and stuff like they are waging. You know, those guys are it's it's a type of insurgency that they're waging. Like they they are not happy with the president. They want to win. They don't want to lose. You know, it's not really about policy. It's about being in a losing position for them. And so that's you know it's bringing to light all the personal um, uh, the the personalities and whatnot that own govern these you know major tech corporations. So for somebody like Waking Times, I mean our traffic has dropped probably seventy five percent just in the last year. 
you know, I mean, we've had our YouTube channel, uh, you know, taken offline for no reason. We've had like our Facebook page throttled down to nothing, you know, but a, a big part of what's, what's, what's in that is, is that it's, it's created sort of a panic in the alt news, you know, which that is that word alt again, you know, the, the independent media. It's created sort of panic in the independent media, which has caused a lot of people who were, you know, working in concert, working together to, to feel the need to back off and to, you know, go solo. And it's kind of a, kind of created an every man for himself atmosphere, you know. So it's less cooperative and it's, it's, it's more competitive, I think, among the independent media right now, you know. And so that's a shame, but, you know, I've written about this too. I think that, you know, like, um, you know, I'm not a fan of dependency, you know, and, and I saw this coming for a few years, like with Waking Times, like we became, I personally became dependent on, you know, the, the, the sources of ad revenue and, and affiliate marketing and stuff that we were using to make it financially possible. And I sort of felt like the dependency was leaning too heavy in, in the direction of social media and this and that. And so I sort of sensed this, this coming. And so whenever a dependency is broken, it hurts at first, man, you know. But what does it ultimately do, man? It, it, it puts you in a position to um, um, evaluate what's happening and come up with a game plan, you know, gather up all of the knowledge and experience that you've used and, and build something better and go forward or, you know, fade away. And I think that so many of us are, we're pernicious, you know, we're, we're, uh, we don't, you know, we're talking about all this stuff because we, we deeply care, you know, and so I don't think, I don't think people are going to give up. They're just going to create new platforms and it's going to take some time. And whatnot, and you know, who knows? Maybe a whole new internet will arise out of it, you know. But, but uh, it's it's sad to see at the beginning. But you know, when you when you do something as drastic as as you know, like you have all the, you know, the squeaky wheel, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of thing going on with Alex Jones, and people you know bitch and complain too much about Alex Jones, and they end up feeling the need to ban him. Well, I mean, this this sort of push the pendulum to start swinging in the other direction. You know, it's not going to. It's not really going to pay off for them because they're going to. You see it already. It's already snowballing. They're having to ban more people left and right. You know, so it's it's all coming unravel. I think they're shooting themselves in the foot, man. The tech companies because nobody really wants to use. A, nobody really wants to actively be involved with technology that's that is knowing that they know is manipulating them. You know, so they're but, kidding themselves. But I don't know. I always feel like some of these these perpetual professional victims who go, hey, by everything. They, they feel like every time somebody does that, they feel like everything gets ruined. And everyone's like, oh, well, we have to yeah. censor those ideas. And Yeah, I mean, victim victimhood is, is uh, it's credible, you know, that you could see that playing out in so many places. But I, I, I see it like you and I were talking before the show about uh, shamanic plant medicines and, and yep. the medicine of boga, man. And, and I, I think my, boga. Actually, how do we spell that? Boga. Because I wanted to let people know about this. Because we, we did a show about ayahuasca. What is a boga? Um, a boga is a, um, it's a shamanic plant medicine from Africa. I mean, it's literally a, a small shrub. You take the roots out of the ground. They're kind of like little tubers, you know, almost like a yucca or a sweet potato or something. And you, you scrape the bark off. And you ingest, you just eat the bark. You can eat it. You can dry it out. You can make a tea with it. You can make a like a concentrate out of it. And just that 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 un like that unmixed piece of this plant triggers a psycho spiritual journey that can last anywhere from 12 to 36 hours or longer, depending on how much you take. And so, like the person who takes it goes into a deep inward uh, spiritual um, trance, really. And I've worked with this medicine quite a bit over the last five or so years. And I've been fortunate enough to be in a position to to work as a provider with this medicine with the with the center in Costa Rica, and so we use it's a um, it is um, 
used properly, tra- used traditionally by a spiritual tradition from Africa called the Bwiti, B-W-I-T-I. And so these, this tradition, it's, you know, it's not a religion. It's, it's a, just basically an oral tradition from the jungles of Western Africa. You know, they've been using this medicine, we call it, for perhaps hundreds, thousands of years. Nobody really knows. But, but using it as a vehicle to, uh, as a uh, tool to study life, right? So what does that mean, study life? You know, study your own mind. You know, how do you, how do you relate to the world? What are your relationships like with others? What are your, you know, um, what's in your personal past and your history that you can learn from, that you can toss overboard, that you can, that you can evolve from, you know, how do you live a happy life in a day-to-day basis, you know, and that's really what this uh, particular medicine does, and it actually does it does so in a very powerful, very potent, uh, very visual, um, um, you know, psychedelic, the term doesn't really do it justice, but more of like an entheogenic, uh, you know, very much evokes a, a, a very masculine um, knowing spirit. So you can take this stuff and go back and, and, and review any moment in your life, you know, kind of from an from an objective, you know, that's incredible. Uh, it's your perspective. It it really really is incredible, and I think it's it's colored my my uh, take on world events quite a bit, you know. Well, and uh, this idea that it lasts for over seventy two hours. I, see, I, I'm hesitant. I hope that maybe some people are, are braver to do this. I, I don't know if I can handle seventy two hours. I did. I've done. I, uh, I didn't say. I didn't say seventy two hours. Oh, I said. I said 12 to 36, 12, you know, absolutely. 36 hours. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I can't imagine. I mean, with Aya, I know it lasts for a couple hours and it's done, but it's like, it can be really intense. So what would yeah. you say with, with the comparable differences between this and uh, ayahuasca? Mm, the best way that I've heard it phrased and, you know, that I've heard it, like, uh, put into words, because you're really dealing with stuff that isn't very easy to, to you know, put into to language, is that you know if you if you are comparing it to ayahuasca which a lot of people are interested in, in doing is that ayahuasca tends to be more uh cosmic more looking up more looking up into the to the cosmos you know like going uh further whereas iboga tends to be more grounded more looking inward more looking deeper so whereas ayahuasca might might give you a perspective of what's far far out there iboga will give you a, a you know a clear sense of what's deep deep within you you know and that that really that really resonates with my own experiences with it as well. And a lot of people seek iboga out to overcome, you know, very, very common things, Ryan, like very, very common, very important things, things like childhood trauma, sexual abuse, uh, addictive behaviors, via drug abuse or, you know, addiction to pornography or alcohol or cigarettes or anything. Um, PTSD, um, you know, to, to be able to go and review moments where trauma happened to you or, That's you know, amazing. where, yeah, it is. It's very amazing. Sounds you know? like a waking life review. It's just apparently, um, you know, we did the show very much yeah. death, and we you know, just sort of like real life review. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think like like for me, like how this all ties into the conversation we were having earlier, because I think this is this is critically important, is because I have had the the honor of working at a center where people come in to cure themselves from all over the world from these you know depression and anxiety and and uh, just you know unhappiness and fear. Right, so they 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 they've sought out everything that they can do, and when when nothing works, when psychiatry doesn't work, or pills don't work, or therapy doesn't work, or you know, getting a new job or whatever doesn't work, like people will seek us out and travel from all over the world to come do this stuff, and and so you know, being in that position to work and help people and hold space for them through this experience, I've seen that you know, we're really all so very much alike, you know, and and what tends to happen is when you when you are confronted with something that can push you so 
deeply inside of yourself to see what's really going on. It pulls up a lot of crap, man. It pulls up a lot of triggers. It pulls up a lot of uh, a lot of uh, pattern, program behavior. It pulls up a lot of dependency on beliefs and these sorts of things. So I've I've seen a lot of people go through this process, and in just a week's time with a couple of ceremonies, you know, like the the things that really trouble them, the 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 habits and the patterns that they have that really are causing them problems in their life tend to tend to come up in really dramatic ways, you know. <laughs> face to face and we all tend to be like mirrors for each other you know and so seeing seeing people at this close intimate level has really helped me to understand like what's happening um you know outwardly with the whole all the stuff that we've been talking about before you know well if when you observe people and you observe people uh, on this medicine do you ever get the idea that humanity has an incredible difference as far as the darkness we process compared to other life forms, as far as other animals go, I mean, are we the only species that you are aware of that actually, you know, needs to process things that are so deep and dark? Because I feel like when I look at animals and I look at plants and look at nature, I just see nothing but serenity and peace. I mean, I, yeah. I animals kind of yeah. fight something, but humans, they seem to be just, just terrible. Because I saw this article today, and it was about <laughs> people, what they're doing is they are harming their pets harming their beloved yeah, dogs and cats in order for them to get the pain medicine. And I go, you know what? This is why we need the comet death. Boom! <laughs> get off! Get out! I'm not ready to get hit by a comet, man. <laughs> I'm totally ready. Well, I want to meet you. I want to meet you go out for a beer with you first. And then <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, 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 the darkness that you're talking about, you know, maybe that, maybe that comes from, the, you know, like eating from the tree of knowledge from, the, you know, you know, day one of whatever ever it is. But, I have experienced this, you know, intimately with the boga. I've written about this quite a time, quite a few times with uh, on waking times. If you search for a boga and look for some of the articles by myself, Dylan Charles, you'll you'll see I've written about this. You know, like part of the healing process, man. A big part of the healing process is is exploring the depths of the darkness within yourself, man. It's it sounds sounds crazy. It's you know, it's it's definitely not an easy thing to do, and I've gone through it many times, and it's and it's very very um, can be very shocking, you know, it can be very, very uncomfortable to say the least, you know, but, you know, as one of my medicine teachers puts it, you know, like, like we, by doing so, by exploring the depths of the darkness, by going inside your conscious, your subconscious mind, you know, by piercing that veil between the, the conscious and the subconscious mind and getting deep down within yourself and realizing just how darkly affected you are by all of the news and all of the you know reports of car crashes and scenes of war and you know all of the 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 violence and stuff that we're exposed to on the internet by seeing how far all of that goes and how how all of that is stored within your depths by seeing all that you what you're really doing is is first off you're allowing all that stuff to kind of purge and come forth and and you know re- release its energetic grip on you you know it, it you you give up your fascination with it when you see just how sticky it all is inside of you but another part of it is is that the further you go down in that direction the the greater you expand the range in both directions so when you bounce back when you come to when you come out of these ceremonies when you get back to your your family and your day-to-day life and you get back to realizing that you're a being of of extraordinary creativity and and passion like you're your ability to move in that positive direction is has expanded also as well. So I mean it it knowing knowing what's going on inside of you has tremendous psychological and spiritual benefits. And Dylan, I wanna quote uh, quote from an individual. His name is Dylan Charles. He's 
quote. Yeah, another guy. Yeah, another, another guy. And the quote is, information is only valuable if it can be used to advance your life in some meaningful way. If it doesn't serve that purpose, then it is just a distraction from living. And when I read that quote, it was in the article saying, have you outgrown the matrix yet? It made me think a lot because, you know, working in PR and also working in the radio show, I'm constantly, you know, looking at all this information. But then again, you know, even if we're curious, there's probably so much stuff out there that we don't need to absorb. And, you know, how much stuff are we carrying around that is just useless? So yeah. what would you say would be some of the tips that you could offer on how to process and how, what information to look for that's going to be empowering to help you? Yeah, that's that's such such an interesting thing that you brought up because, you know, like a, a a big part of what I do at Waking Times is, you know, it's, I mean, if you really dig deep into our archives of like, you know, almost 8,000 articles, I think, you'll find a lot of stuff that's written by me personally and a lot of stuff written by many other authors and aggregated content as well. But the stuff that I write generally is my own name, Dylan Charles, is a lot, you know, it really has to do with my personal journey of, of awakening and, and, you know, personal spiritual growth and personal evolution. And it's interesting that you brought that up because, it's actually something that I'm, I'm I'm struggling with right now because I find myself in the matrix. I find myself in, you know, uh, in a situation where I have three children. You know, you have a wife of 21 years and three beautiful children, and and you know they're definitely pressing economic needs. You know, I mean, my daughter just came down and showed us that she's outgrown every piece of clothing that she has. You know, like there's very practical cool needs, and so like. I'm 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 in this interesting situation in the, in the evolution of my blog, Waking Times, and myself, where I, I you know like I I'm kind of having to balance between you know what information sells, what information people are looking for, you know what information people are willing to share and stuff, with also finding the time to really dive deep within myself to to tell these stories and you know tell my personal journey and and quite honestly some of it some of it's conflicting man and 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 uh, you know I. I when I really am happiest with what's going on at the blog and waking times is when I'm really able to to speak freely about what I'm going through and my personal changes and and my personal growth and and the the reality of that is because I have made a, a business out of it. It's not always what people want to hear and share and think about, you know. And so I'm kind of in this weird situation situation where I'm trying to really like surf both worlds, where you know also trying to to bring people into that that space of, of acknowledging how the information affects them uh, spiritually and, 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 uh, you know, personally, right. How it's actually affecting their lives. So what is useful information, Ryan? Like, um, it, it depends on what you're doing. You know, if you're doing gardening, then useful information to you is gardening. But, you know, my sort of niche is, you know, that, that, that comes through on the blog that also comes through with the things I do when I work with plant medicines, like ayahuasca and iboga, like as I really I really sort of resonate and sort of really have a story to tell the people who are suffering from things like addiction and anxiety and depression, because those are all pieces of my own story. And and so I really have when I'm really in the zone and when I'm really doing what I'm most creatively happy with, um, I'm really connecting with those people who are suffering and who are maybe looking outside of themselves for um reasons for why things aren't the way they're supposed to be when the answers are with actually within themselves, you know? So, you know, what, what information is, is, is useful. I think um, right now, I think the information that's useful is, is stories, personal stories, you know, and um, 
you know, personal experiences. I mean, if you look at there's 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 enough information about there about the scientific data and this and that, you know, there's you know, what are antidepressants doing to this and that? You know, what are the numbers on this and that? But but to hear somebody's story of how they overcame antidepressants, you know, how they, how they got off antidepressants or, you know, to hear somebody's story about how deep they were into like a, you know, an addiction to methamphetamines or pornography or whatever it is and how they overcame that and just stopped wanting those things in their life. I mean, those those are the things I think that can really help to create, you know, major, major change. But those aren't necessarily the things that are getting circulated widely. Those aren't the things that go viral. Those are the things that, that, that reach everyone. So I'm kind of, kind of surfing two waves here where, you know, like, yeah, I mean, you know, because, you know, it's a, it's a honey trap, right? You know, like if I can bring people to the blog through information that they're, they're, you know, they're already focused on, be it, you know, what's happening with the new world order, the Illuminati, which I don't do too much these days. Um, um, and then when they're there, they they can find other things that help them to connect that story to their own story and figure out what it is that they need to sort out to themselves. That'll make all of the other stuff that's going on with the elite, the cabal, the Kazarian mafia, and all that kind of stuff, you know, irrelevant because you know they've gotten their own power back. They've turned their attention back onto their own lives. Like if I can help people do that, then then that's really what what I think. Uh, you know, that's. That's when I get the most positive feedback from people. That's when I feel the most joy in my work is when is when I bridge that gap between what's happening out there and what's happening in in here. You know. Well, I mean, you've got a ton of great information on your site on a regular basis, and quite frankly, I'm, I would be surprised if you were to offer yourself as a you know a life coach uh, to do so or do some energy work on people. I can't see why they wouldn't want to work with you because you've got so many different areas of expertise. So. If you were on that path and you were a, a seeker, which I think there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of seekers out there. That people maybe <laughs> yeah. raise their hands, like, I'm a seeker. No, they're, yeah, they're kind yeah. of quiet. But I can't see why they wouldn't want to work with you and people that are on your site because you I mean you can offer so much to them. You know, like it's it's cool that you brought that up because I've, I've never thought about it in those terms directly. But um, I I'm, I get the the reason why I'm so um, passionate about plant medicines and and uh, you know the shamanic experience is because. Uh, the connections that I have with with people um, in those spaces, you know, very, very, very open, very, very vulnerable, vulnerable spaces. And I love navigating those with people who are who are really coming through their their, you know, you know, going through their shit. Right. They're doing their work, you know, so I, I really have the most peace. I have the most joy. I feel the most like me when I'm in those uh, ceremonial spaces, helping people to to uh move through their their own you know you know faulty belief systems and programming and and you know self-destructive uh, habits and behaviors and all of this kind of stuff and so it's interesting that you brought that up maybe that'll maybe that'll be something that that yeah, I'll so. uh, move toward move towards in the future but I, th- I think like i really 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 enjoy being uh, with with people you know um when i was asked when i was asked to work uh, come join the team at the aboga center that i work with um I asked the, uh, you know, one of my teachers, uh, you know, he's now my teacher. Uh, I asked him, I said, well, what, what do I need? You know, what are the prerequisites? What are the requirements for for uh, this job? And he said, you know, number one in the main and pretty much the only thing is you have to love people. And <laughs> the reason I'm talking to you, Dylan, is because I can tell that you love people. And and I think that's really at the core of, of, uh, of uh, you know, kind of this whole conversation is like, do you love people enough to give them the benefit of the doubt to – to be themselves, to have different opinions than you, to, you know, to hate Trump or love Trump when you don't hate Trump or you don't love Trump, you know, like how much do you love other people? Do you love people enough to, 
to want to see the bomb stop falling? Do you want, do you love people enough to want to see the, you know, the resources preserved or the, you know, the, the destruction of the environment curtailed? I mean, you know, how much do you love of people? Cause that is, you know, coming back to what we talked about before, I mean, that is, uh, the mirror, that's the projection, like, cause that's, that really says how much you love yourself. And, and I don't think that, that the world's going to get anywhere, um, anywhere beneficial without being overcome and, and ruled and led by people who love themselves first. I mean, you can see it, <laughs> you can see it in the type of people that we have, you know, bubbling and making appearances on the mainstream media, all the pundits and oh, they hate themselves. I hate the talking set, talking heads. I mean, they don't, they don't have any self-knowledge that they're, they're, they're totally un, unaware of, of, of what it means to, to, to love yourself first, man. And, and so, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's an important message, man. I really feel like, you know, and, and, uh, it's, it's, it's so bizarre, Ryan. I'll tell you, man, like just, just talking about this, I get kind of a tingly feeling because we have, you know, we are indoctrinated. We do live under propaganda. We do live under, you know, perception management. We do live under, you know, very much a reality control, controlling, uh, environment. And part of that is this, this paradigm of, 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 what is, you know, considered cool and tough and, you know, not so cool and soft and weak, you know, this idea of, you know, dropping a, uh, what is it, what do they call them, the Moabs, the mother of all yeah. bombs, that's cool, yeah, you know, versus like, you know, going and giving somebody a hug, I mean, those are two totally different ways of interacting <laughs> with people, you know, and and we we do live under this 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 uh, programming that that one has a you know I mean you know you get the ball down the field in the end zone touchdown put points on the board mentality <laughs> like hard charging hard driving all of this stuff is is it's it's an issue of balance and and we're very much like tipped over into the balance of of you know tip, the, the balance is very tipped beyond the scale in, in favor of of um, you know, overboard, going overboard, going stressed, pushing too hard, you know, trying too hard, everything. And and uh, so I wanted to say this regarding that was that I'm talking about these 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 subjects like self-love and, and in, you know, looking within and overcoming depression and addiction and these sorts of things. And, you know, looking at myself like I make a point of it. Like I really try hard to live in both worlds. You know, a big part of my life is martial arts. You know, I practice Brazilian jiu-jitsu right now. I have a black belt in Shaolin Kung Fu and, and stuff. I mean, like, like my point is that these aren't sensitive subjects that are, you know, below the, 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 you know, that should be below the, the consciousness and the will of ordinary men. Like men should be balanced. People should be balanced. People should be able to go to the range, pick up a handgun, practice putting, you know, two shot center of mass and then go out and practice love and peace and kindness. I mean, these two things are not mutually ex- exclusive. And so whenever I end up find myself talking about self-love and this stuff, that little voice in my head reminds me that like in order to get to a place of self-love, you have to conquer the fear of other people, you have to conquer the fear of being in your environment, and that does require you to be strong. It requires you to be uh, proactively strong and 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 secure within yourself, man. So it's it's not like the whole the conversation needs to be had. Like like there's there's two parts of it, you know. There's the 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 strength and the weakness. It's all one, you know. It, you can't have one without the other. And if you do have one without the other, then you're out of balance, and and you know you're just generating more chaos. 
people truly love themselves, that they have a lot of respect, I think a lot of our figures would be differently. I mean, I'm, I'm a work in progress. I have to become more athletic. I want to become more, more athletic. And right. if there was more of a love there, I would be exercising more and, you know, disengaging more from the, from the computers and the TV. But I, I guess it's a struggle. But I, I mean, the way you describe it, it's like we need to get on this stuff right away because we're, we're stuck in that it, matrix. You, you, we are stuck in the matrix, you know, but but that's that's a part of the illusion. I mean, part of the, part of the illusion is that, you know, taking the sensitive path, taking the 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 path through your own darkness is is harder than than you know, like ignoring it or like you know, just like being a being of cognitive dissonance. You know, there's there's so much of that going around in the world, and I I, I think that's BS, man. I think that that that's another one of the perceptual lies. I mean, it's not easier to live in you know a state of uh, you know self denial. It's not easier to live in a state of you know repressed emotions and feelings. It's not easier to live in a state of dishonesty. Is because what what you're really talking about. You know, it's actually much easier to live. You know, when you're when you're self-aware and when you're at peace with yourself, I mean, so that's another one of those, one of those, you know, sort of like cultural paradigms that we have too. That oh, you know, we need to, you know, it's, it, it's so hard to to really dive in and see what's going on, man. No, man, it's not. It's really not. You know, that's 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 a load of load of nonsense. I mean, I've seen people, you know, I mean, obviously, like plant medicines can be very, very, you know, powerful, potent way of of triggering and breaking through like lots of ingrained belief systems and patterns in a single night. But I mean, seeing people like come to come to the Aboga Center and after two ceremonies and one week of being there, you know, like like totally transform themselves and totally have just a just a complete inventory of of how their patterns and beliefs and stuff have been holding them back and have been negatively affecting them and then feel like the strength to ignore all that and just move on with that. It makes life so much easier. And I think that's that's one of the things that, you know, it's it's not easier to live in cognitive dissonance. That's that's baloney. It's not easier to live in, in dishonesty, man. Like that has to be dispelled, you know. I guess it's easy for some people. I can't I can't handle it. I I mean when somebody says have a nice day, I'm like, don't infringe upon me. I'll do what I want. I don't want any <laughs> There's a difference between being aware and being an a-hole, man. Oh, yeah, just have a nice day. Well, no, I want to have a shitty day, thank you. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I, there's so much more out there, and I wonder if we are where we are collectively speaking because of a tremendous amount of sadness, a tremendous amount of you know, self-hatred or self-hatred. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a – I mean, if you look at like – you know, guys like, like like researchers, like addiction researchers, and, and doctors like Gabor Mate, and and people who look at addiction as the result of of trauma experience in the childhood. You know, that look at like hardcore drug addicts as basically self medicating for things that they experienced. You know, like self, you know, like traumatic circumstances growing up, or you know, just sexual abuse or any kind of terrible thing that happens that happens to kids. I mean, kids are sponges. We soak this stuff up, but that trauma sinks in and it can affect somebody their whole life. And that's why, you know, like, uh, um, you know, Dr. Dr. Mate will, you know, if you haven't heard of him, check it out, Gabor Mate, but a very, very insightful gentleman. But like, you know, he'll do ayahuasca ceremonies and he's actually worked with one of my teachers with the boga, you know, like they'll, they'll help to release individuals of this trauma in a single night, you know, and you can see the changes in that person's life instantly. And they resonate years and years and years into the future. I mean, they become themselves again. It's like, 
it's like in the movie The Lord of the Rings when you know Gandalf the Grey, you know, he comes into the the Gondor with King Theoden. I've been watching this with my kids and. And he poses like Gandalf the Grey, and you know King Third is is under the you know under the uh, spell of, of Saruman, and then he casts off his thing. He's like, ah, I'm actually Gandalf the White, you know, like, you know what I mean? He has to he has to pull this kind of like 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 trick in order to 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 break people out of their spells. But once they do, they become themselves again. So if that's possible for the individual, and I very much look at at you know. Um, the individual is a microcosm of the entire world. The entire world is a macrocosm of the individual, you know, and that's why I see like these issues of, of mirroring and projecting playing out with the relationships that I have, with experiences I've had working with people with plant medicines. Like that all all that stuff is playing out on the, the, the you know, the the societal scene as well. You know, so if people if people can overcome trauma in a night's time, whether it be through whatever method then can't the human race as well? I mean, it's it's you know, it's hard to see how it could come about. But for a person who's never done ayahuasca or a boga, it's you know they're just curious going in if it will work. It's impossible for them to actually see how it works before they experience it. But once they experience, it, they're like, oh, it's so easy. Let me let me give you an example, like from a boga, which I I, I find this story, Ryan. It's just it's just so cool because uh, this lady's a friend of mine. It's been a good friend of mine. But you know, one of the first times I did a boga, I went and. We did a proper Bwiti ceremony with with uh, um, a 10th generation shaman from Africa. It was an amazing ceremony. But this woman I was with, she was 56 at the time and very like um, a lot of anxiety dealing with, you know, a whole lot of lifetime full of anxiety and, and fear and just like repressed emotions and very unhappiness. She'd had a, a happy marriage her whole life, but but uh, uh, never really felt like she gave herself a chance to explore herself and get to know herself. And she was always haunted by this event that happened uh, when she was a baby, but she couldn't remember uh, what this event was. But she was also haunted by um, uh, the the first um, the first boy she made love to when she was a teenager. Um, ended up going away to college, and she never saw her again. So her whole life, she was haunted by these two events. They really shaped for the next forty, fifty years. They shaped her whole existence. So she goes and does an iboga ceremony, and she's just like she knows she has a she has a feeling, she has a sense that there's something to these two stories that she's uh, been telling her stuff. There's something to these stories that has been you know, troubling her for years and years and years, her whole life. That's preventing her from being the happy person that she deserves to be. So she goes into the ceremony not knowing what to expect, thinking it's some big, huge deal. And uh, regarding the relationship that she had, she was holding on to the relationship for 40 years. She asked the spirit of the medicine, hey, what was up with this relationship? Did I you know, miss my true love? And the spirit of the medicine says literally to her, like a voice comes in her head, clear as day, simple as day, right in her head. It says, no, that was just a dick that wanted to screw you. Okay? Simple, simple truth to a compli- compli- very complicated, you know, 40-year-plus problem, right? So the other situation that she was facing was something traumatic happened when she was a child. She remembers, like, screaming and trauma, but she doesn't know what happened. So she goes back and asks to review this moment. So, she, so she, when she does a boga, she goes and see this mo- sees this moment, and she realizes that, oh, what I'm remembering was the night that my father had a heart attack, and I was in the bedroom in, in my crib at like one year old, when my father had a heart attack in the hall right side out of, outside of my room. And I remember feeling the tension, feeling the vibe, and everybody screaming and freaking out. And nobody was paying attention to me. And I was crying and going crazy. And it was very traumatic. And I couldn't get anybody to pay attention to me. And I never understood why ever in my whole life. And that's haunted me my whole life. But seeing it again, she realizes, okay, I had no control. There was nothing I could have done. 
and everybody was doing the best thing that they could have been doing. So, in other words, a very complicated issue that had plagued her for literally decades. The resolution of it is so simple and so easy. And so if you look at the human race, it's like, you know, how do we get to that point where we resolve ourselves from the pain of, of slavery? You know, where we resolve ourselves from the pain of colonialism, the pain of, of everything that the human race has, has been through, all of the wars, especially the wars of the last century. I mean, all of the bloodshed and everything. I mean... You know, I, I don't. I don't have the simple answer, but my 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 hunch is that when it comes, it's going to seem like we're all going to be like, "Oh, that was a lot easier than we thought it was going to be." <laughs> uh, should, I you think know? it should be. You should. I want to say take something you said and relate it to something that Doctor Stephen Greer had said. Yeah. He's the gentleman we interviewed. He's the you know, founder of the Modern Day Disclosure Movement. He just described the Earth as being one of many planets throughout the universe that have intelligent life, although he would describe our planet as a level zero, which means that we're constantly fighting with each other. We're not, you know, doing anything to help each other. We're also destroying the planet, whereas other civilizations will be maybe one, two, or three, which means they got this stuff together, they have interplanetary relationships, and they're more at peace. So I don't know, Dylan. I don't know how, what I'm here for, how long I'm going to be on Earth, but I want to evolve personally and I hope other people are making the initiative to maximize their evolution so maybe humanity takes a step closer to becoming a level one civilization and maybe people who come after us will take us to level two because I don't know <laughs> I feel like the people who uh, even if they're smaller like the smaller people who are in a s smaller groups that have stronger will can overexert their force on the masses because if the masses mm -hmm. are weak minded and they're not strong how can they resist Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, are we a level zero society? Are we a level one society? Are we level two, three? I, I don't know, man. Like, my, my question really is, does any of that really matter? And, and is any of that real? Is that all fantasy and make-believe? I mean, you know, God bless Stephen Greer at yeah. all, but, you know, how did how did he get the blueprint? You know, I mean, um, you know, so, I mean, the, the, way I, the way I look at that message, man, is like, if you're not if you're not willing to smile at people that you come across, you know, when somebody tells you to have a nice day, Ryan, and you're not willing to smile oh, at that person. I was kidding. Yeah, I, mean. I was kidding. I was saying yes. But a lot of people are in that spot, man. You know, you, you know, it. like a lot of people are in that spot, you know, like what does it matter for a level one or level two civilization? There's 50 billion other planets with, you know, you know, blue, you know, spaceships waiting outside, you know, planet Nibiru to come, you know, rescue. What, what does any of that matter if we can't just, you know, turn off our own internal dialogue of fear and judgment and go out into the world and make peace with the people that we're, you know, that we come face to face with. I mean, you said that you said earlier at the beginning of the interview that you were talking that when you talk to a lot of people, you get the feeling that people are really tied up in this, this, you know, two party paradigm, Trump, you know, whatever, yeah. man, I, I don't really, I don't really sense that so much. Yeah. I mean, and I've, I've, I lived in Costa Rica for seven years, moved back here two years ago and thought I was going to get that every which way I turned, man. And, and, what I find is that I, th I think what it is is that people really, you know, we are beings of energy. Like we're, you know, we're, we're, we're beings of frequency, right? Like we do resonate. We do emit energy. We do resonate and, and, and synchronize and harmonize with the energies of the people and the, the, uh, the 5G towers around us. Um, you know, like, like all that stuff is very important. So if, if you're, if, if you're caught up in that paradigm, man, if you, if you're, 
if you're stuck in the F Trump movement, uh, you know, if, if if you're an Antifa guy using fascist tactics to stop fascism, like I mean, that's that's all you're going to see in the world, you know. Like if if I buy a Honda Prius in in Asheville, North Carolina, then I, all I'm going to see from that day forward is Honda Prius or, or uh, yeah, I mean, the Toyota Priuses, right? Like. You know, like we are, we we do attract like attracts like. So I mean, if if you're caught up in that whole story about you know the Republicans versus the Democrats, then then that's what you're seeking out. You know, that's what you're going to find. And what's cool about like like I, I really I I tend to like prod and I tend to like ask people what they think about this stuff. And I really you know I I, I really like to listen to people. You know, because a lot of people are concerned about Trump, but you know I mean. Four years ago, people were concerned about Obama. Four years, you know, eight years, people were concerned about Bush. I mean, it's not nothing new, like hating the president. Half of the population not being happy is not new. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not. I feel a, like it's, it's, it's the main distraction. If, you know, when they had the, the kind of the um, horses go on the track or the dogs go on the track, it's it's, it's whatever it was making the. Yeah, that's right now. And, and that's my that's my point. You know, if if you're if you're a dog runner and that's what you're looking for, then then that's what you're going to find. But. At the same time, man, like Ryan, like you're super, like you're a super conscious guy, man. You're you're extremely aware of what's going on. You know, it's easy for you to hear somebody have a conversation about Trump or Putin or whatever the heck is going on, and and see through it that you know that dependence on the the two party, you know, reality sandwich that they're serving us. You know what I mean? Like, like you see through it. So if it's possible for you to see through it, it's possible for other people to see through it. And what I'm saying is that it's probably uh, like transformation is a lot. You know, it's a, it's a lot more it's a lot it's a lot simpler it's a lot more ready to happen than we want to believe you know we want to believe that ignorance is bliss and the only way to happiness is to like buy into the matrix I mean uh, yeah there's another there's another like movie right that you can look into what's the guy's name that, that worked on the ship and in the matrix and and he decided he wanted to eat the steak and so he plugged into the matrix and and sap <laughs> yeah Cypress Cypress Cy- Cy- <laughs> You know what I'm saying? There are those people out there, you know, and ultimately that guy went into the matrix and, you know, ultimately, you know, self-destructed. But but the point is, is that that like if you're if you're seeking that, you can find that whatever you're seeking, you can find, you know, and, and in times of and in times of chaos, like I feel like we're moving into a time of, of increasing chaos. You know, it's really not up to the sage to fix the world. It's really not up to the enlightened one to fix the world. It's up to the enlightened one. You know, it's up to the person that has a higher perspective to to share that perspective, not to try to, uh, as you said earlier, like change the system with you know the, the fear-based um, that that controlling mindset. Like, oh, I'm scared of what's going on. I have to change the system to my liking. It has to work the way that I I want it to work. It has to work for me because, you know, that's what's going to relieve my fear. That's what's going to make me feel better about waking up in the morning. Is if if you know the right politician is in office, so the world is you know I have the so I have the perception that the world is working the way that I want it to work. You know, versus working the way that the guy down the street wants it to work. You know, and I mean it's just the, it's so much of that, man. It's so it's so like once you once you cut through it, and once you see through it, man, you realize just how simple it is to break through, man. Uh, and you know, man, that's why like it's it's. I have so much hope and I have so much, you know, I don't even, hope is a bad word. I really don't like to use the word hope. I just like, I guess I'm optimistic because, because I see it as, as a, like a really, really significant 
challenge not just like not just like a mundane challenge but the type of challenge that forces you to evolve man you know because like there's all this crap going on with the the news and what's going on at cnn or fox news or all this or that blah 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 you know what, what alex jones and all these people are up to but there's there's a whole lot more going on in the media landscape there's a whole lot of information that's helping people to like become them best their best selves there's a whole lot of information that's helping people to free themselves from the nine to five type job to like find their own ways of, of, of you know, cre creating like, you know, financial, um, um, you know, financial realities that work instead of, you know, going and working for the corporate man. There's ways that are helping people to, to achieve like optimal health, optimal, uh, uh, you know, mental, emotional health. There's all these, you know, amazing meditation programs and all this kind of stuff going on. And, and there's there's so many podcasts and interviews and things with really really enlightening people you know there's perspectives like Jordan Peterson or you know there's like, there's like you know crazy random guys like me talking about stuff but the, the the point is is that like that stuff doesn't get your attention because the 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 thrust of the media environment is like we said towards that paradigm of control but b below that man there's so many really cool things going on with with human achievement and human possibility man so i don't think that we're we're giving enough credit to that movement as well when all we're doing is talking about like the latest, you know, um, you know, fill in the blank, man, the latest crud. Oh, iPhone, got the, I got iPhones. <laughs> See, I, I've got a phone that's 5G, 6G. Ten, <laughs> how many more Gs do we need? <laughs> Wasn't one just enough? No, it's got to be five. I don't know, man. Like, I'm not a, I'm, I'm a very, like, a, uh, I know a lot about technology. You know, I've, I've spent years working in video games and technology, and you know, I build websites and stuff. And, and uh, I'm definitely not afraid of technology. But I have not owned a cell phone since 2008, and it's largely because I moved down to Costa Rica and I didn't need one. But I've gotten back, and it's like I'm always online when I'm at home writing and stuff, and like people can connect with me that way. But like when I walk out of the door of the house, like I don't feel like I need to be connected, you know. And 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 it's it's amazing, Ryan. Like like. I don't even really think about it. It's not a big deal to me, but people are always like, yo, man, give me your cell number. And I'm like, oh, you have to call me at the house. Like, I don't have one. They're like, what? Like, they don't, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> but you see it too, man. The pendulum swings in both directions, man. Like things, things go in one direction as far as they can go to, to, to like manifest the most extraordinary, outrageous possibilities to create the most like interesting, intricate, you know, like unbelievable story for humanity as there is. And then it gets to the farthest that it can go and then it has to come back in the other direction. Man. It's just, there's no, there's no, well, there's no further it can push in one direction. And, you know, like I even saw this story today, like you were talking about a, a story that you saw, uh, saw today, but I saw one today with like, you know, people are, giving up tinder to, to try slow dating again well yeah i mean of, of course <laughs> you, you know i mean of course they are right like, are, and they're also like meeting face to face to instead of, of you course know, they talking are. To, i think face-to-face -face meetings are the best yeah uh, we had a gentleman uh, last show we had a gentleman on named robert bonomo and he said something that i want to bring your attention yeah. he said that what's happening right now is all the old myths the myths about our culture the myths about who we are they're dying. They're being completely destroyed. And we're right now going to decide what's going to be the new myth, what's going to take its place. And I, I wonder if humanity is going to pivot and go to another fantasy or delusion about who they are, or are they going to go to the truth? And oh, as far as it goes right now, I, would, I think that we've got a lot of strong people. We can create a new myth based in truth, but really build upon yeah. the truth and magnify um, some of the good things. Because whatever is out there right now, I think the story sucks. I think it can yeah. be changed. 
Yeah, I know that, that Robert Bonoma has uh, at least a couple of articles at Waking Times. It's probably been a couple of years since I've, I've published something from him. But, but he's, we published an article last week uh, talking about personal initiation as the, the key to global transformation. And all it really was was a synopsis of a short um, – just a short talk by an author named Daniel Pinchbeck. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a guy that I know, but he's written some really interesting books. Uh, Breaking Open the Head uh, was like, you know, it's one of the definitely the most interesting cutting edge, like you must read books about psychedelic consciousness and the effect that it has on society as a whole. But but in his short talk, he's talking about that. He's talking about, you know, society basically like culture is, you know, even Terrence McKenna talked about this, but we're held together by story. We're held together by narrative. And, and you know, as these things evolve and become, you know, hard, fast, true, like they they sort of like evolve into myths and once something is a myth it's hard to break through but but the story can seem real but the the effects of the story you can you can tell by the effects that the story is coming apart just like robert robert was saying like these myths these narratives are falling apart you know this narrative of of a, a great example of it ryan is uh, uh like the myth of progress uh the myth of growth <laughs> like everything Chris has to be growing will, will obliterate that <laughs> what do you what do you mean by that? Called Chris Hedges. I love reading his work. He's um, yeah. I think he's got a lot of great insights, and he always calls it the myth of human progress. Yeah, the the myth of progress, the myth of growth, man. I can tell you from my own experience in life, like things aren't always char- hard charging forward. <laughs> like it doesn't. It's not healthy, man. That's not good. And so, you know, Pinchback, Bonomo, uh, uh, Chris Hedges, like these people are like these are the these. You know, these are the sages that are, you know, that are helping to just change people's perspectives, or at least alert people to to the fact that they their perspective is affecting their their reality, their sense of place in the world, you know. And so and so, like if you take like this uh, this uh, this theory that Daniel Pinchbeck has in his in his in his most recent book, How Soon Is Now? You know, he looks at this idea of personal initiation. It's something that I've experienced through plant medicines and with the African culture, the Bwiti tradition that we work with, with the boga, like they very much, the children are brought up in a certain way, a communal certain way, but when they get to a certain age, a certain level of maturity, they're put through an initiation process. And that process is very much designed to scare the living daylights out of them, to trigger their fears. And I've seen this in my own life. That's the first lesson that that I came across with plant medicines. That's the first lesson that so many people that I've encountered in, in, in my experience with it, the first thing they have to do is confront their fear, their worst fear. Even for my wife, who's never done ayahuasca, never done a boga, never does any of this stuff, has no interest in it. My own experiences with the plant medicines caused her to experience um, a realization of her worst fear that I was going to like, you know, get lost in the jungle and drown in the ocean or something, you know, like, and it's, it's a long story perhaps for another day, but, but, but these, these initiative processes cause people to confront their worst fears. And for most people at its root level, it's the fear of death. You know, like nobody, we don't have a really, um, a really healthy way of talking about, of communicating uh, about the idea of death. I mean, like, I don't, do this to my kids, but when I was growing up, I saw every Rambo movie. <laughs> you know, what I mean, what's the body count? And you know, like Rambo one. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> it, 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 you know, and but at, at the same time, when I was younger, like I didn't have the internet. Like if I wanted to um, touch that fascination with death, nobody was talking to me about it. There was actually you had to like have bootleg DVDs, man. Do you remember this, man? Bootleg DVDs. What was this? it was called? It was called um, Faces of Death. Faces of Death. You remember that? Ah, yeah, freaky. Oh my God, dude, it's crazy, right? Like that was like some bootleg thing that like some kid down the street that was like somebody's older brother from down the street had a copy of that maybe you could get the VHS, right? 
And, you know, a lot of that stuff was staged. A lot of that stuff was real. But you can go online right now. I mean, you can go to even some of the popular um, independent news websites, and that's all they cover every day, man, is the police brutality, the, the you know, the violence. I mean, you know, so so we're soaking in a whole lot more of this uh, – of this level of consciousness, man, than 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 is really really beneficial. You know? <laughs> I just feel waking times is a, is a light. It's definitely a light that's pushing things out. Dylan, the final question I have for you is, what are three things that people can do to support you and support waking times? Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm. That's a good question. That's an interesting question because I see a lot of people. You know, like the the reality of 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 the business that I'm in, which is you know independent you know media blogging, which you know the reality of that business is that the business model doesn't work as well as it did a year, two years, five years ago, six years ago. So they've they've managed to like um, sort of like pull the rug out from under us in terms of financial incentives or to to, to do this work. And so how they can really help me, you know, like I don't honestly, man, the way I look at things, man, I don't. I don't see it as I don't really want people's help in terms of you know finances you know like I I mean if you people can donate to the site you can you know I know people are setting up Patreon accounts and and doing all this you know they're going to Steam it to try to you know like like I I don't know I mean it's it's kind of an interesting question because you know part of me like I I, I need money to continue living my life but I, I'm observant of the fact that when something I'm doing runs its course and isn't paying off in terms of um, providing for me, but also providing like the, the the passion and the drive and the motivation that I used to have for it. Like when it's not providing those things, it's a time, it's an opportunity for me to up level and evolve and, and integrate things that I've learned along the way. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I would say like in its most simplest terms, like dig through there, find something you like and share it with people that you love in the hopes that, that um, you're able to, in the hopes that some information that I put together is able to help pull people out of depression, anxiety, fear, um, um, and, and find their way into, to like being at peace with themselves. You know, other than that, like waking times doesn't need your help. Waking times needs, uh, needs a little more loving for me these days, but, but I think waking times is going to be a whole lot more interesting and amazing once I evolve through the challenge of waking times, not working as easily as it has in the past does that make sense ryan you know because because i very much view like challenges and obstacles as as um, blessings in disguise as opportunities to evolve and change and grow you know like complacency is 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 the enemy of 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 uh, of growth right you know when something's working well like there's no really you know incentive for you to to grow and that's fine coast through it man enjoy the good times you know and and there was a lot of years where waking times was you know it was it was easy to 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 make a living um it was easy to reach a lot of people to make it possible to make a living doing that and now i see a lot of people struggling to to get by and and i really just feel personally like like we're all being asked to evolve beyond uh, you know what we've been in the last few years, what what the independent media was, and so I don't know where it's going, man. But but if 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 you want to help out, waking times. If you know somebody that's going through some crap in life, and you find something that resonates, you know, or maybe maybe that person needs to be led to plant medicines, or or maybe that person needs to to open up their perspective on psychiatry or whatever it is. I mean, there's information in our, in our, in our database to, to help you with that, man. So find that information and share it with the people who need it most, you know? 
Mr. Dylan Charles, the editor of Waking Times and co-host of Redesigning Reality with Jeff Anthony, who we had on our show before. We had a great experience with him. Yeah. And you can learn more about Dylan by going to his website at wakingtimes.com. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Tooth Radio Show. Special thanks to our legendary guest. <laughs> He's a great dude. Mr. Dylan Charles, and special thanks as always to the Adam Limits of Inner Tooth Radio Show Virtues. Psychic Medium, Miss Carrie O'Connor. Psychic Empath, Miss Lisa Kaza. And Astro Phenom, our astrologer, Miss Constance Sellis. To learn more about the Adam Limits of Inner Tooth Radio Show, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you so much for listening. Want to be heard or seen in front of millions of people? Want to be an expert on TV or radio? Goldman McCormick PR is a New York City-based public relations agency that specializes in traditional and social media placement for law, finance, media, and corporate-based clients. Goldman McCormick PR also are specialists in website development, radio show creation, press conferences, media training, and so much more. Check out GoldmanMcCormick.com for more information. GoldmanMcCormick.com.